and as I was thinking about it this week, now wait a second, have I already given this sermon? Isn't, isn't self-deception pretty much the same thing as hypocrisy? And I was thinking, yeah, they're similar, but they're not the same. Uh, uh, hypocrisy is more of an outward-directed um, fooling of other people, where self-deception, well, is, is trying to fool yourself. Both are similar, yeah, for sure, both are similar. And there's probably hypocrisy and self-deception and self-deception and hypocrisy. The bottom line of it all is that Jesus wants you to be authentic in your life and genuine in your faith. Don't fake it, he says. And don't be satisfied being less than he wants you to be or you can be thinking that God's grace will cover a myriad of sins. Redeeming grace transforms the penitent and contrite soul, not the pretending soul. And I think that's what we're focusing on today. Jesus gets us coming and gets us going. Now, I know it isn't, it isn't new to you all who are, are hearing my voice. You're listening today because you want to live your best life, your authentic and loving self as, as God has intended. And God bless you for that. So, so let me just underscore a few things and, and let's get on with our day, okay? If there's one thing that the faithful have been most accused of by their critics, it's being hypocritical. Churches are dens of hypocrites, places where people are not what they pretend to be. And indeed, a, a fairly recent book that was looking into why so many of our, of our young people are not going to churches highlighted that one of the main reasons is their perception that the people in churches are hypocrites. And that didn't come out of nowhere. Now, I don't want to sound defensive today, so I'm going to say that up front. I really don't want to sound defensive. But, but... Are schools, are schools thought of as hypocritical? In that people who go to them are in need of learning stuff, and, and when they're done going to them, they're still in need of learning stuff. And are hospitals, are, are hop, hospitals hypocritical? And that people go there because they're, they're sick to get healthy, yet they may die there or, or they may be discharged still with the same ailment or they may be better for a little while or for a long time and then they end up back in the hospital because they're sick again. We don't think of schools or hospitals as being hypocritical, right? We don't and, and we shouldn't. 
they do their best to help people learn, and they do their best to help people get healthy. And sometimes they succeed in that people do learn some things, and people oftentimes get healthier. Yet ultimately in life, there's always more to learn. And ultimately in life, health finally fails. So, what's the deal with churches? Why does the accusation of hypocrisy arise? And why does it stick? In our scripture, Jesus is accusing the Pharisees of being hypocritical, saying that they are they're one way in private, and they're another way in public. And he calls them out about it. Indeed, they, they pretend to be super holy in public, but in private, well, they relax their efforts, and, and they act not so holy. I think as we, as we step back and, and consider it, this, this is the problem, whether it's intentional or whether it's accidental. People of faith like to claim the power of God in their lives. They've, they've felt it. They like, to, they like to own it, own up to it, talk about it. Yet too often do not exhibit that power of God as they should. We know the religious jargon used, but, but we, see, we see the difference in the distance between the proclamation of holiness and the manifestation of holiness. Jesus said that distance between what is proclaimed and what is manifested in one's life was pretty far for the Pharisees. And many critics throughout the ages have said that it rings true for those of us that have followed after in the faith. They have noticed that there's too large of a gap there's too noticeable of a gap between the profession of faith and the living of faithfulness. Now, I, I want to be, be real clear that there, there really is no room for hypocrisy in our lives and in the church. Yet, truly and honestly, we do seem to see that it raises its head on more than infrequent occasions. And that happens mostly through our prejudices, I think. Maybe not, mostly through our prejudices of other people, their nationalities or their sexuality. For modern day examples of where this seems to come up so often. And when it does, 
It needs to be exposed, it needs to be opposed, and it needs to be changed. And we have tried to do that time and again in the churches that I have served. And I thank you for being partners with me in this effort among us here as, as we have needed to do that. Yet, you know, sometimes the, the charge of hypocrisy is due to setting one's aim so high in compared to one's current abilities. Or thinking that personal transformation comes more quickly and easily and more fully than it usually or really does for us humans. One of our parishioners, I don't see her here today, one of our parishioners sent me a, uh, an article this week. I don't know how long she's been holding it, but she sent it the week I needed to get it because it works perfectly into today's sermon. And it gives us perspective on hypocrisy. It's from uh, the Saturday Evening Post. I didn't know that that still existed. The Saturday Evening Post. Uh, the segment of it called The Lighter Side. And it's written by Philip Gully. It's entitled Changing My Religion. He writes, In his book, Outliers, the author Malcolm Gladwell says it takes 10,000 hours to master a given skill, which I question. I've been a Quaker for nearly half a million hours and am no better at it than when I started. Hardly a day passes that I don't buy something I don't need, and at least once a week I want to conk somebody on the noggin. Simplicity and peace are only two of our customs. We have three more. Integrity, community, equality. And I am a flop at them also. It troubles me that after doing something for 47 years, I am no better at it than when I started. My mistake was embracing a religion with high ideals. <laughs> if I had joined a religion that emphasized motorcycle riding, <laughs> fried chicken, and taking naps, I'd be celebrated far and wide as a perfect saint. <laughs> my followers would write books about me and hang on my every utterance they would throw rose petals on my path and beg me for a blessing. But no, I had to join a religion with ethical standards. And now I've let everyone down. A lot of good tongue-in-cheek humor in that, don't you think? He concludes with saying how he might want to become a druid. 
since sitting under a tree with a little iced tea on his Adirondack chair, admiring the swaying of the branches, might be the best he can do at this age of his life. Now, we really don't need to be as self-effacing as this author is in his humor. But, you know, personal humility and self-awareness that really is behind this essay is admirable and necessary if you don't want to be a hypocrite and you do want to aspire to be better. We, too, can can live out of an honest self-perception and realistic goal settings for ourselves. Because it is good, it is good to set high ethical standards and do our best to reach them. The hypocrisy that the church has been accused of comes not in setting the high goals, as, as Gully is, is teasing, but in giving the impression that we have reached them when we haven't. We are a work in progress, and we just need to own up to it. It's hard to change an attitude. It's hard to change a behavior that's habituated in our, in our lives. Ruts get deep, patterns get set, and it's hard, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get out of it. But you know what? Jesus says to us all, tough luck, change. Tough luck, change. If you know better, be better. It's good for you. And God knows it's good for other people around you. And you can do it if you keep trying to do it. And I will help you along, Jesus says. But remember, you got to take the steps. You got to do it. There's an old saying, church is a hospital for, for sinners, not a museum for saints. It's true. We're all in here trying to get better. So carry on, dear friends, carry on. Be genuine, be authentic to who you are, and strive to be holy and strive to be righteous. That is how you ought to be as best as you can be. God wants you to be that because it's to your advantage to be that. You will be blessed the more and more you are that way. You, your family, and the community. Amen.